Hi, friends, and welcome to 24 Karat Conversations. I'm your host, Rhonda Velez. Let's be real. Testing and trials are never fun. But what I have found is that we aren't alone in those seasons. My favorite Bible verse is Job 23.10. For when he has tested me, I will emerge as pure gold. We're going to share some amazing stories of people who have endured and emerged as pure gold in the midst of hard circumstances. We're going to laugh, probably cry, and get super transparent about life and the struggles we endure. So sit back, relax. It's about to get real. Hello, 24 Carat Tribe. Welcome back. We are continuing our seasons of transition, and I have a very special guest. I am so excited about this guest. One, because she's my really good friend. Um, she's she's one of my best friends. She may not know that, but she's like one of my best friends. <laughs> she, Casey Wallace, has such... Um, I mean, the reason we're in Tennessee is because of Casey and Kyle Wallace. So if anybody's upset that we moved from California to Tennessee, you can blame this gal right here. Well, her and Kyle. Um, But Casey is a wife, a mom, a founder of the Wallace Group, a real estate team that services the greater area of Nashville. She's an entrepreneur. She has followed her God-given dreams and is such an inspiration to so many and the connector of many. All of us have friends because of Casey. Um, So welcome, Casey, to 24 Karat Conversations. Rhonda, thank you for having me. And truly, yes, I do know that you're my friend, (laughs) client first, friend second, but now friend for life. So it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. Oh, well, I'm so happy to have you on. I, I mean, your story has inspired me for such a long time. I mean, I will never forget. And I'm going to get totally teary every time I talk about this moment, like it just makes me want to cry. And I have shared this on our other podcast, um, But that day that we sat down with you and Kyle at that table and the story that you told us literally impacted my life forever. And it changed the way we thought about moving into a transitional season of our life. And so, um, see, I'm like already crying and it's like five seconds in. Um, So I wanted you to share a little bit of your story about moving from California to Tennessee and what that kind of looked like for you and, and how you transitioned through it. Wow. Well, we'll just dive right in because transition is, is never easy to kind of, you know, dive in to talk about, but, um, Kyle and I have had a lot of transition over the last eight years. So, um, eight years ago, Kyle and I moved from the central Valley of California, um, to middle Tennessee. And along with that move from state to state, we also had a lot of transition in our life from, um, you know, we were working in ministry and kind of transitioned over to business. We were working separately. Now we work together. We had two kids when we moved from California. Now we've got four in Tennessee. Um, so we've had a lot of transition over the last eight years. Um, and I can tell you that it's been very, very overwhelming at moments. But when I'm able to look back in retrospect now, um, moving in transition was one of the best things that we could have ever done for our family. Yeah. So, um, I'll just maybe talk a little bit about just kind of how we got here and what that all looked like. But so Kyle and I in California, I was a registered nurse. Kyle was a youth pastor. Um, our life was great. We had a couple of homes. We had two kids. Um, we felt very content in our life. And I think a lot of times when we feel kind of that contentment, and sometimes that can kind of leak over into complacency, God's like, Hmm, I actually want to stir that up a little bit. <laughs> and so uh, we also stirring to move to, to middle Tennessee. 
And through a series of events, um, the next six months during that time, we made the big jump to move. So that was a big, big move for our family. Yeah, you said complacency. And I think that that is um, anytime you're in transition. And I, I mentioned this on the very first um, episode of transitions, but disruption is the very first thing that happens when you are in the middle of transition. And disruption can feel like a lot of things, right? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be a bad thing. It could be a good thing, but it happens. And so when you're in the middle of that and you feel this happening, all of a sudden you're like, something's coming. I think everybody I have talked to that's going through a transitional season, and we're always in transition, like just to, to say that, because you know, on my first episode, I talked to Kathy Lorzell and she was saying, well, we're always in a season of transition, which is true, but some transitions are larger than others. And obviously moving from one state to another state is a huge transition. And so can you talk a little bit about like the hardest thing about accepting that transition once you knew, okay, this is what we have to do and how hard that was from, from just like detaching from that. Cause the next thing is detachment. You detach after this <laughs> and disruption, you're detaching. <laughs> Woof. Yes. That is, um, taking the first step is the hardest. Right. And, you know, I, I kind of go back to this. I, I remember sitting at the coffee table with you and Jason and talking about, you know, you guys were contemplating this move and you weren't sure if it was the right time, if this was really what God was calling you to do. And I remember feeling that same exact feeling when Kyle and I were about ready to take that next step. Um, and I, I remember talking to a lot of people during that time and all of them kind of said the same thing. And it was, if you feel that the Lord is calling you to do something, you just have to take the next step. You don't have to know the 10 steps to follow that. It's just taking that initial leap of faith to say, okay, God, if, if this is what you're asking me to do, I'll take the first step and then I'll listen for your voice and I'll wait for the next steps to follow. So, um, yeah, I hope that that maybe answers your question a little bit. Yeah. Well, and I think too, when you're taking those next steps, like there's a lot of other things that are going on in the background, right? Like when we started sharing with some people, like we felt like God was going to move us. It became this thing of people going, well, are you sure? Well, why would you do that? Do you have jobs? Like people start to try and give you really valuable advice at the same time. It's so hard because you're trying to decipher from, is this God, is this God like using them or is it just like a, a tactic of the enemy to discourage us? And that's why I think it's really important when you feel like you're in a season of transition, especially like a big transition like this, that you really are in the Bible. You are listening to what God says because you know, none of us want to make bad decisions. Um, but I've always said that like, cause somebody once asked me like, what if it was the wrong decision? And I said, well, then there's grace. And I believe that God redeems those things. Um, but it was so clear. And I'm sure just like for you, it was like just so much clarity in, in the move. Right. And it doesn't mean it's smooth. Right. It doesn't mean, I mean it really, because <laughs> you deal with a lot of people who have made transitions from other States here to the Nashville area. And not everything is always like, you know, oh, God opened the door and all these things just fell into place, right? Absolutely. I would say there are two things that I have learned about the Lord through the process of transition. And one of those is God is not schizophrenic. 
Mm. So like you were saying with other people kind of adding their two cents in, people love us. And anytime we're making a decision in our life that we open the door with conversation to talk with them about, um, they're going to add in just kind of what they think. However, if we've heard from the Lord that he's asked us to do that, he will not change his mind. There's nothing that someone else, no piece of advice that what they can give to us would change his mind. And so um, I think that that's a big piece. Number one is God is not schizophrenic. So anytime he's calling us to transition, that's what he wants us to do. The second thing is, is, you know, you kind of mentioned, you know, what happens if, if we do make a wrong move, what if we missed it? Yeah. Um, and I always think, you know, when you, you've got your maps on your phone and you ask Siri, Hey, take me to Walmart or take me to Starbucks. If you miss a turn, if you miss a left turn, what does that do? It kind of circles around and it says rerouting, mm-hmm. rerouting. I believe that the Lord does the same thing. You know, can we miss it? 110%. We will make the wrong decisions. We will miss hearing his voice. We will do what we want to do instead of what he wants for us to do. However, he is so sovereign that he will completely reroute us, right? Because the steps of a righteous man are ordered of him. Um, And so I would just say, man, take heart in knowing that even if you do miss it, he's got you covered. Yeah. And it's funny because uh, disorientation is another part of the transitional process. And it does feel disorienting, you know, when you, because you really question, um, you know, am I doing this for the right reasons? Am I doing this to escape something? Am I doing this? And I'll never forget sitting down with you and Kyle and him just saying, you're not, you need a reset, like, and that's okay. Like, and that one reset, that one word he said that day out of everything we spoke about and how amazing our conversation was, when we got to the car, we just looked at each other and we're like, yeah, we got to move. Like, it was almost like confirmation. And here, like, we didn't know you from Adam. I mean, the funniest part about it is like, I literally called or text a friend, an Instagram friend, because at this time I didn't even really physically know her. And I said, we need a real estate agent at Nashville. And I took her advice over. My brother had some other person that was real estate. So wild. So wild. <laughs> no, this girl sounds better than the guy that like, helped my brother. I don't even know. That I'm guy. glad you listened to me and not your brother. <laughs> I'm going to be, he's, he's going to hear this and he's going to be like, so mad at me. He's going to be like, <laughs> and me too. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I do feel like God just, you know, he worked those things out and I see it. I mean, we had your Christmas party last night and I just have to tell you, like, it was the most beautiful Christmas party I think I've ever been to because the people that were in there have all been, they connected. Like you didn't just like sell them a house and leave them out to hang. Like you bring them back together and you find people that have common things in common, people that are going to lift one each other up and you strategically put them in places where they can commune with one another. And that is a beautiful thing. It it is truly the heartbeat of, of our business. And I can tell you that that was stemmed out of us moving here and not having that. We didn't have the immediate built-in community. We didn't have, you know, resources and someone that if you just call and need something, Mm -hmm. you know, we didn't have any of that. And so when we made the leap from, you know, ministry and being a nurse into business, the business of real estate, we made our, our commitment to each other that our goal was to create community. Yes. Yeah. We sell homes. That's wonderful. 
but creating community goes so much deeper than just selling someone a home. And so um, I love that you said that. And I, I really did love to look around the room last night and go, wow, look at all of these lifelong friendships mm-hmm. and people's lives truly that would be changed just because we said yes um, to making that move into transition in it of itself. Yeah. And we met this one couple that had only been here two weeks and I just like my heart just for them was like, how are you, how are you doing? Like, yes. how is your heart doing? Because it's so hard, you know, that that the transition with anything is difficult, but, you know, moving across the country is one of those things that you just, I don't even think you can mentally be prepared for it um, because you, it's just such a difficult process. And not only that, but like for you guys, like Kyle went from ministry to vocational ministry, which I think I I want you to talk a little bit about one vocational ministry and two, leaving a nursing career that was pretty solid, pretty like grounding and coming here and starting a real estate group. Like both of those things were big, huge steps. And how did you do it without completely losing your mind. Like I'm sure you're like, I'm just free falling. No. I might have lost my mind a couple of times. You'll have to ask Kyle on that. <laughs> um, gosh, it was a huge jump to go from, you know, working those three 12 hour shifts um, to not really having a structure and not having a schedule. Um, but I can tell you that there were so many similarities between, you know, ministry for Kyle and nursing for me into what we're doing now, kind of in the the business place. And I think that that thing is serving people. And so there was a lot of just kind of correlation between the two that we had to really reconcile in our mind of, okay, nothing about this new season is familiar to us. We've never done all of these different things before. However, we do feel the familiarity of people. And that's something that you know, in anything in life, you'll always be able to kind of fall back and remember and use. And so um, it was a huge transition. And honestly, there were times in the beginning that I thought, am I doing the right thing? (laughs) You know, it was so big and it was so different. It felt extremely overwhelming at times. And, And honestly, it still feels overwhelming. There's the burden of people, right? You, you're helping people move across the country and fit into this community that they've never known before. And, um, there's a lot of responsibility with that, but it's, it's the most rewarding thing Kyle and I have ever done. And we truly do just feel like it's a mission for us. And I think it is, I mean, even last night with Kyle sharing just, you know, a Bible verse and scripture and just really like encouraging this group of people, which some of them may have been Christians. Some of them may, may not have any faith whatsoever, but just the fact that like, I think we take I think sometimes like we think, oh, well, if I'm not in ministry, ministry, we're not doing something for the Lord yet. Like if we all just stay in church and just communicate with our own people in church, we're not really helping, you know, spread the gospel. So, you know, I think that the people that, that are, that were there even last night that are now in vocational ministry, I've seen so many like entrepreneurial people. And, you know, they say like, whoever you hang out with is who you become, right? And you've done such a great job at connecting people who are in the same mindset and in the same position because they all understand we've all taken a leap of faith. I mean, people have moved across the country and it's not like they've all had these solid jobs they're walking into. You know, a lot of them, it's a lot of uncertainty when they're coming and you guys have just encouraged people 
along the way. And that's so much why I wanted to have you on because I wanted you to like share with them, like, okay, I feel change coming now. What, and what would you say to somebody that feels like that disruption happening? Oh, what would I say to someone who feels the disruption happening? Um, I would say lean in is the number one thing because there's something, there's something there in your life that needs to change. And a lot of times that is extremely difficult. It's unpleasant. It feels very lonely at times. There's a lot of fear that tries to sneak in during those kind of disruptive moments. Um, but gosh, what a sovereign God that we have that his ultimate goal would, would constantly create this like righteous disruption, right? Because yeah. he doesn't want us to stay stagnant. He doesn't want us to stay complacent. And, you know, something that you said, just kind of about mentioning his name in our business, there's not enough business owners that talk about their faith in their business. And, you know, when I look at the lives that have been changed through our real estate business, it's tremendous. And it's because it started with the disrupt, the disruption in us first. Mm -hmm. And we said, okay, let's just kind of go with the flow here. Let's see Lord what you have, but surrender is definitely one thing that has to be given up when you feel that. Yeah. And I think surrender is such a hard thing for people because we hold and grip so tightly onto what is familiar. And yesterday, this woman in church, she was speaking and she was saying that her grandbaby was crying and screaming. And so she went and picked him up, picked her up out of the, the crib and the baby was holding on really tightly to her shirt and then gripping onto her arm on the other, you know, the other side. And as she began to sing over her and as she began to like, just, you know, comfort her, the grip began to loosen. And I think that was just such, I like, it was like light bulb on when she said that, because I'm like, it's so true. When we hold on so tight, God cannot even begin to move us because he's like, you have will, you can stay, but you might be closing the door to some amazing opportunities that I have for you. And that is so hard. And it's especially hard if you are a control freak like myself. <laughs> same, same over here. Like, I really like this comfortable thing. It's, it's, I got this. I'm going to, I'm going to just decorate the space and you know, I'm good. I don't need to, I don't need to move, but, but it is beautiful to see, you know, I think that's when faith comes into action, right? Yeah. Because then you're able to like go, okay, well, like no idea how this is going to work out and it might be a complete disaster, but I'm trusting that you, I've heard you right. And I'm trusting that I'm walking in the way that you want me to walk. Absolutely. Um, I think, you know, if, if you look back at your life of all of the things that have transpired and how you got to this place here, I think that we all recognize those moments, but it's difficult to really categorize them when you're in it. Yeah. What mm-hmm. is the disruption? What does it feel like? Um, for us, I remember when we were making that move, when we were thinking about the move, of California to Tennessee, it was like, we were so content yet. We were so unsettled yeah. at the same time. Yeah. And really being kind of in tune with, with you and, and what's happening in your life and in your marriage and with your kids, you have to be involved in that. Otherwise you'll miss it. You'll miss that, that step of, of the stirring, if you will. Yeah. And I think so often we ignore those things. Like we ignore 
those tugs on our heart that that God is giving us, like he's saying, hey, I, I've got something more for you, but we kind of go, I dismiss it because it's easier to just dismiss it than actually, like you said, lean into it. And I know that it's so different for both men and women. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about this because I, this is not even on my notes whatsoever, but <laughs> like, I feel like we have to talk about this because I feel like women are a little, like, even though women can be more like wanting control, they're a little bit easier when the transition happens, kind of going with the flow. And I feel like men can tend to get a little like, oh, like this is, you're disrupting everything. Like I know for my husband, like, you know, he's the man, he was the protector, he's the provider, he wants to make sure that all is in place. And so that disruption can also be really difficult in your marriage. Like it can be really hard. And I know that we struggled with it as far as like, me feeling like, yes, you made the right decision. My husband going, oh my gosh, like, how is this all going to work out? And so did you have a little bit of that when you first came as well? The first year was the most difficult year Kyle and I have ever experienced in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And I do attribute it to the disruption for him as a man. Um, We lost a baby that first year that we were here. Again, we had no family here. We had no real support here. And I remember him feeling like, the burden of what have we done? Yeah. I just moved my family across the country in this massive transition. What have we done? Yeah. And, um, I remember him feeling very overwhelmed at that. Um, and I'm extremely thankful that he loves the Lord and, and was raised to know there are difficult seasons and even in difficult seasons, the Lord's there and he's guiding us and he's, he's aiding us in that. And so, yes, I 100% agree Um, men feel that on a very different level than we do as women. Yeah. And I think that, you know, anytime you're stepping into something new, new doesn't mean easy. Right. New often means a lot of pain and a lot of difficult times, you know, and it's true. I mean, when you are transitioning into anything new, it's hard and it feels like, oh, what did I get myself into? Why would I do this to myself? You know, but um, just trusting and knowing that God is faithful in it is it, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I know for me, like even growing up in church, I thought I trusted God and I was like, Whoa, wow. My level of trust with Jesus is not where it should be. <laughs> A big yeah. move will really evaluate that for you. <laughs> and you'd be like, I, I'm not sure Jesus, like him and I have had a lot of hard. I mean, we've had a lot of hard conversations and anybody who listens to the podcast know that Jesus and I have a very different relationship. Like sometimes we're talking, sometimes we don't. I get it. I'm like, there. Hey. But, you know, I think that ultimately with my faith grounded, and I think so many people walk around without their faith being grounded, like they think, oh, I went to church and I did all the right things and all these things should just work out. But sometimes it's in that difficult, like rubbing of it's not working the way I thought it should be, where God really pulls us in and is able to talk to our souls on a deeper level. And I think that that is the most beautiful part of transition. I really do. Well, thank you so much for being on today. This, I thank you for answering my hard question about marriage, because I feel like that comes up really often. Um, and I think people like immediately think, oh, well, they, you know, move and it's great and everything's perfect. And it, it's just not, it's really hard. Oh, and and I don't think we talk about it enough. I just think like we stay silent and nobody knows that somebody's dealing with it. So my exactly. encouragement is that if you're in the middle of transition, talk about it and share about it because I'm pretty sure other people are going through the exact same thing that you're going through. So, all right, we're going to get to the fun questions. 
So favorite Starbucks drink. <gasps> favorite Starbucks drink. Oh, okay. This is going to be an iced green tea latte. I like the matcha. Okay. I'm like not so much a coffee drinker, but I do like the matcha. Okay. So see, I'm, and I always say this, I'm like a black coffee drinker, but I bought an espresso. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I bought an espresso and I absolutely love every once in a while to pour whipped cream at the bottom of the cup Delicious. and then pour a little espresso on top. And then, you know, I feel like I am fancy without the like coffee drink for sure. Rhonda, (laughs) the $5 price tag. I love it. <laughs> no, no, Starbucks ain't cheap anymore, people. No doubt. No doubt. Sorry, Starbucks. What is your biggest me- misconception that people think of you? Like what, what are, what's that biggest misconception? Biggest misconception. Um, I think the, the immediate thought that comes to mind is a lot of people think that I am an extrovert because of the line of work that I'm in. Um, and I love being with people and I get recharged by being alone. And so that is definitely a a misconception with people. It's, um, I love to be out and party and and go out and see my friends and hang out with a women's group. And then I just like to be at home and put my snuggy little robe on (laughs) and do absolutely nothing. So I would like to say I'm probably an extroverted introvert. (laughs) Yes. You're an ambivert. I think it's a big one. Yeah. Well, that's funny because it's like, every time I ask that question, everyone automatically goes to extrovert introvert thing. And I'm an introvert too, which nobody believes that. Cause I think immediately when people think you're in sales that you're just love to be around people, but I literally have to plan out my weekends. And if we have like a full weekend, I have to have one day to, or one afternoon or some at some moment in the weekend where I get a bath in or I soak in the hot tub, or I can just read a book. Cause otherwise I'm no good to anybody. I'm not, I'm not a good person when I'm depleted. <laughs> get her. The get hot tub. Okay. Or Jason. <laughs> well, where can they find you on social media? If they are looking to move from California to Tennessee or from any other state to Tennessee, where do they find you? Please tell us about your YouTube channel because I crack up that People are like, we found them on YouTube. (laughs) It's a thing. People look stuff up on YouTube. It's wild. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so we're on YouTube. It's Kyle and Casey Wallace, nothing fancy. I think it just says maybe Nashville Realtors on there. So um, we're going to be hiring a full-time videographer starting January 1. So we're excited to really kind of boost that up and, and put some more meat out there. And then on Instagram, I'm Mama Wally of four. Um, and then Facebook, get all Facebook, just Casey Wallace. And um, I think our business account is linked there as well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on in 24 Karat. Thank you for listening today. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and share. Go follow our Facebook page on 24 Karat Conversations Podcast. And until next time, spark on. Bye.